right, what's up, you guys? Good morning. Welcome to Ethos. We are starting a series on prayer, and I thought of the title myself. That's what it's called. I kid you not. We're starting a series on prayer called Prayer. And uh, man, I'm really excited about it. And my goal today is, is not to uh, give like an exhaustive list of scriptures about prayer or to explain prayer a whole lot. My goal today is just to help you believe something. I want to help you believe that there's a future version of yourself where prayer can be the most normal thing about you. That's the goal today, is that prayer can become the most normal thing about you. We're going to get into the ins and outs of prayer. We're going to get into some exhaustive list of scriptures. But today, I just really want you to know that prayer is possible. And maybe some of you are like, no kidding. But if you're like me, some of you are like, I hear you and I sort of believe that. I believe it on the level that every Christian believes it. Experientially, I don't believe it. Compared to others, I don't really believe it. But I believe it, right? And I don't know what your experience has been like with prayer. Some of you have had really boring, underwhelming uh, examples of prayer. You pray before dinner, you pray before the sermon, you pray before the awkward Bible study, and you go on with your life. Others of you have had like a really like emotional, hyper, hyper like examples of prayer. You know those people? I was listening to a podcast. Someone said, man, it's this amazing prayer podcast. You're going to love it. Started listening to it. In the first five minutes, man, I was lit. These guys are like, we need more prayer. If you're not spending hours in your prayer club, blah, 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 and the tone was just up here, and I'm over here like, like Rocky in training, like, dude, these guys are right, man. I'm about to pray. Like, man, I don't need food. I don't need people. I don't need a wife. I need prayer. Like, you know, I'm just saying all these things I barely even mean, and I'm just like, I love you, Lee. I need a wife. I want a wife. I got one. She's right there. I love her. Anyway, and uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes in, the pace and the tone of the podcast is still the same. And I start getting like a little tired. It's like, man, y'all are staying hype like really long. You know what I'm saying? 30 minutes in, same tone, same pace. You ever have people that talk about prayer like that? You're like, look, chill, all right? Reality check. Life ain't always like that, you know? You're like, dang, that's a little exhausting. You feel this pressure, like, maybe I'm just not the person that really prays like that. I can get that energy level, like, sometimes, once in a blue moon, but once in a blue moon, but to stay there, that's, that's a lot to ask. And I just want to say this. Prayer does not have to be the most exciting thing about you, or the most interesting thing, or the most energizing thing. My goal, though, is that maybe, maybe prayer can be the most normal thing, the most normal thing about you. Like, normal is not your wedding day or your honeymoon, right? It's being bored with your wife on a Saturday or being over your head with kids. It's being in the living room with all your roommates, all of you within two feet of each other, and all of you on the phone, just scrolling together. Anyone do that with their roommates? It's good quality time. (laughs) It is. Normal is falling asleep with your favorite sitcom playing on in the background. Normal is grocery shopping with your Pinterest list, then realizing, what am I even talking about, and going to the frozen pizza section. You know, that's, that's normal life. And don't get me wrong. There are wow moments awaiting you in your prayer life. I promise you that. 
but you don't have to force those. Wow moments don't have to define how you see yourself as a person of prayer. God will take care of that. I was reminded of the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus, the disciples, heavenly beings, just like showing up out of nowhere. It's like heaven on earth, man, like almost literally. You know what the disciples say? Should we just stay here? Why don't we just stay here? You know, it's just like epic. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. This is a mountaintop moment, but we got to go back down. I'm interested in normal life, being with the people, preaching, teaching, healing, doing what I came to do. And I think this is what the book of James is getting at. If you read that book, this word steadfast is used quite a bit. Remain steadfast. I think of like a steady hand. I kind of have one right now. I actually thought about this earlier. and was like, I'm going to be so shaky when I try to show you a steady hand. But I think about like a steady hand, like no matter circumstances or emotions or energy levels, how we feel about life, steadfast. I think that's a more healthy picture of what God intends for us in our prayer life. And this is what I mean by prayer, the most normal thing about you. I'm not presuming that that's actually true now. I'm just trying to tell you that it can be. This can be a reality in your life. I was reminded of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is the first passage I want to read. I'm going to read verses 15 through 22 and then point out a verse that almost makes me nauseous. Verse 15. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Fun fact. Jesus wept, not the shortest verse in the New Testament. It's this one, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Which, by the way, what's that? how's that for like a little instruction? Hey, just real quick, abstain from every form of evil. You good? All right. Chilling. See ya. Have a good day. Um, all right. Here's the verse that makes me nauseous almost. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Does anyone else be like, dude, what? Without ceasing? Stop looking at me. Think about it. Without ceasing, y'all. That's a lot. It reminded me of when I was like, uh, I think I was like in fifth grade and my youth choir director, because I was in youth choir, man. I never got a solo. I wonder why. And uh, the youth choir director was like, hey, we're singing this song for the church. I could sing of your love forever. Come on. I could sing of your love forever. And then she has the audacity to say, hey, we're going to sing that like 10, 12, 14 times in a row so the church can feel what heaven's going to be like. And I was like, This song on loop forever? <laughs> you know, like, that's the afterlife? <laughs> that's, Je that's me and Jesus in perfection is this song? I thought it would have at least been like rap music or something. Like, this is not what I'm, this is not really what I'm about. But, and this is what this verse kind of makes me feel. Like, he's like, pray without ceasing? Really? Like, what does that actually look like? You know what I mean? And so I, I dug into the scripture. And in the Greek, this without ceasing feel is, in other words, a hacking cough. That's the connotation here. 
That like, when you're like coughing at a restaurant, you're like, <coughs> no, hold on, I'm fine. <coughs> I'm not good. <coughs> and you just like literally can't say, it's not COVID. <coughs> well, I'm gonna be honest. <coughs> this might be COVID. You know, you're like, dang, I can't help myself but cough right now. You know what I mean? That's what this prayer life is. Paul's like, man, we're dialoguing with God, talking to God, listening to God, being in this close ebb and flow relationship in your prayer closet at the market when you're making dinner, when you're at work, like wherever you are, knowing like, man, conversation with God is not only available, but I'm accessing it. I'm a part of it. It's very normal. And it is in that sense without ceasing. The door is always open. The channel's always open. You never really hang up the phone. And I want to say two things about the scripture. First, I believe Paul did this. I really think he lived this life. The way he talks about prayer in other places, he's got that without ceasing vibe. Like, man, God only knows how often I'm praying for you. I mean, he talks like that to his people. I'm praying for you all the time. I believe Paul had that. But the second thing I want to highlight is I don't think Paul started there, right? Like, I know this might seem like common sense, but whether it's his roots in Judaism or when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus or whatever, I know that he had to grow that prayer life. He didn't come out the womb praying without ceasing, right? He grew that. And I think that's what's on the table for us. When you think about you in 10 years, I really think there's a version of you that pray so long you lose track of time. And it wasn't because you were super disciplined or you were like really focused, sweating bullets. I'm not leaving. But because you were just praying and you lost track of time because you were just dialoguing with your heavenly father and the Holy Spirit was speaking to you, ministering to you, moving in you. I really think that's on the table. So I want to spend the first few minutes talking about habits, just in general habits. Now, you guys have probably studied this, you probably know more about habits, the book Atomic Habits, or, but I watched a TED Talk this week, so I feel really equipped to talk to y'all about habits, so let me break some stuff down for you, okay? Habits are perhaps the most important and annoying reality of my life. Some of you might love them. I cannot stand them because they absolutely form who we are, and that kills me because I don't feel like I'm good at them, right? What you eat, what you watch, how you relax, your daily routines, when you go to bed, when you wake up, what you do before bed, what you do when you wake up. Do you know you spend at least 40 to 50% of your day doing the same thing you do every single day? And here you are thinking you're creative, you know? Half your life, you're just doing the same old thing. A woman named Wendy Wood out of the University of Southern California figured that out, and a guy named Marco gave a TED Talk in which he referenced the study that Wendy Wood did, and I watched that TED Talk. (laughs) So for starters, I wanted to define habits. Habits are automated behaviors that we repeat in the same environment on a subconscious level. Meaning, you do it so often, your brain does them without really thinking. Example, you ever driven somewhere and thought, I don't remember that drive. Pretty scary. Just a 5,000-pound bullet going at 70 miles an hour, and you don't even know you're doing it. You know, it's like, it's kind of scary. That's your brain being in a habit. Your brain's so used to the habit that it doesn't have to exert a lot of energy anymore. And a lot of your habits are triggered by cues, 
like something you see or you hear or you do. Like for instance, Leah and I have gotten into this pretty dorky habit. Every night at 8.30 p.m., we turn off all the overhead lights to tell our brains we're closing in on bedtime. We get in bed around 9 or 9.15, because apparently we're old. We get up really early in the mornings. And so around 9 or 9.15, we get in bed. We try to be off our phones completely. And you know what? I always thought of myself as this person that just doesn't get to fall asleep very early. Do you, does anyone else feel that way? You get in bed, and you're like, all right, in about an hour and a half, I will fall asleep. Man, lately, I kid you not, 20 minutes or less, max. I'm just like, I'm out. I got my Kindle, I read one paragraph, and it's over with. And it's really nice. You know why? My brain has started to catch on to this rhythm. Lights out, in bed, no phone, Kindle. Oh, we're on our left side, reading the Kindle, it's over. You know, that's what's happening. Maybe your cue is to watch Netflix every time you sit on your couch in your living room when you get home after work. Maybe it's going to the gym after you eat a small breakfast at 6.45 breakfast at 6:45 in the morning. Maybe it's reading a book before bed or drinking coffee at the same coffee shop before responding to emails. Anyway, there's this cool thing that happens when you repeat the same behavior over and over again. I keep looking at my notes because it's smarter than me. A network of neurons, a sentence I've never said before this week, a network of neurons begins to establish this connection in your brain a pathway, if you will. And the more you repeat the behavior, the stronger the connection between the neurons becomes. And in fact, eventually, your brain produces this like fatty layer to surround the connection between the neurons, making the behavior even more protected. And this is when that behavior becomes a habit and that habit becomes effortless and even difficult to stop. Like some of you are trying to stop certain habits and it's hard. It's because that connection in your brain is so strong. So your brain feeds off energy. And the more you repeat a habit, your brain kind of goes, it seems like we're planning on doing this all the time. I've got to find a way to spend less energy on this thing because we're doing it so often. And so it works to use less and less energy, which is when that habit begins to feel effortless. Whether a good habit or bad habit, you've seen this. This has been true in your life. This is when you go, oh my gosh, I kid you not, it's been 30 days of trying, but right now I'm in the mood for vegetables. Who am I? Who have I become? This is not me. No, it's because you force fed yourself carrots for 21 straight days and your body's finally adjusting or it's that I actually, I I know this is going to sound cocky, I kind of want to go to the gym right now, you know? Am I one of those people? Do I need to cut my sleeves off and get a gallon and fill it up with water and walk into the gym today? Like if I finally crossed over, you know? It's like, no, what's happened? Your brain is finally locking in. The path has been worn long enough where now it's a habit. But before you get there, you'll feel the fatigue every time you try something new, right? This is why when you sit in college classes for an hour and a half or three hours, you ever left a college class trying to listen and you left and you're like, why am I tired from sitting still for so long? How did that wear me out? Why? Your brain's taking on new information. It's working hard. It's new, right? So it's tiring. It's exerting energy. When you try to start start reading more, anyone, can you raise your hand if you're just not a reader? Please, someone. I know we got a lot of students in here that are smart. Okay, good. Yeah. You ever tried to start reading? Ugh, it's like the quickest way to nap. You ever try to stop scrolling? Like anytime you try to start or stop certain habits, you feel this resistance because there's not a pathway yet. 
And so what do you default back to? Your normal, right? But you can create a new normal. In this TED Talk, Marco, this guy, I can't pronounce his last name. I'll give you the link, ask for it. He says this phrase, small steps climb mountains. Now, we understand this literally. If you stood at the base of a big mountain, there was a trailhead right there. You wouldn't say, hey, you want to race to the top? Let's sprint. Why? Because you know that strategy would fail within 45 seconds. You get exhausted. Why would you run at a steep incline? Intuitively, you even know this. We should walk, take breaks, drink water. But we don't take this lesson and apply it to us when we're venturing out into new habits. Like when you think about what you, where you want to be, a lot of times you get overambitious. It's that New Year's resolution type of approach. Like you're like, I'm not just going to get a gym membership. I'm going to get a gym membership and go every day for the first 30 days. No, you're, no, you're not. Hey, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, like that's really ambitious. With reading a book, it's like you get in your Bible reading plan. I'm going to read for an hour a day. I'm finally going to be that Christian. And maybe, man, I don't want to speak against that. Maybe you will. But what I try to encourage people to do, when you're embarking on a new habit, just concentrate on the habit itself. Just make the drive to the gym. Just read a paragraph. Just sit there for five minutes and then slowly let it build. The key to habit forming is two words, patience and consistence. That's how you get a habit. Intensity will come later, but for now, you just need to be patient with yourself. It's not going to feel normal. In fact, you might feel tired and not in the mood. But if you'll be consistent, if you'll show up and do this time and time again, I promise you a new habit will happen. Now, I know you already know all this, so thanks for bearing with me, but perhaps you didn't. If you're like me, whenever you think about starting or stopping habits, you have a negative view of yourself. Now, this isn't for all of you, but for me it is. I've got a memory full of trying and failing over and over and over again. And I'm not being exaggerative. I think seriously, more than half the time, I fail at trying new habits, at starting and sustaining new habits or stopping habits that I've already sustained that I want to stop, like biting my nails or drinking less caffeine. And so over time, what I get is this feeling about myself. I'm too dumb, I'm too lazy, or I'm too impulsive. It's just not for me. And I wanted to speak and establish this early. That's not true. And I hope this is inspiring you, but I don't mean this from an inspirational standpoint. And I hope this motivates you, but I don't mean this from a motivational standpoint. Scientifically, it's not true. Your brain is so powerful and it is fully capable of establishing new pathways that, that at some point become habits that do actually become effortless. So please know this. As we talk about prayer and this grand, glorious future version of you that loves prayer and it's the most normal thing about you and you're tempted to eye roll or to be skeptical, I promise you, you're designed for a habit like daily prayer. And shocker, I believe that God made you that way. He designed your brain to love daily rhythms. And I believe he designed you that way so that first and foremost, you could walk with him in daily relationship, that you're 100% capable of having healthy spiritual habits that make you healthier, more mature, more content as a child of God. Does that make sense? Has the sales pitch worked even a little bit? 
Like you are made for habits. I believe God designed you that way first and foremost so you could walk in daily relationship with your heavenly Father. I believe God's designed you to thrive off the daily habit of prayer. Now, this is where we need to split some hairs. Prayer isn't simply a habit. It's not just a discipline. If we think of it that way, we almost might miss the whole thing entirely. Prayer is relationship. Now, sometimes it takes discipline to carve out space to open up our hearts, to still our minds, to be open to that relationship. Commercial. That's why we have prayer at nine at the Ruby, so that you can come, sit still, be open to the presence of God in your life. Let the chaos of your week simmer so you can establish a connection with your Heavenly Father. So this takes me to Matthew chapter 6, where the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, how do we pray? Now, we talked about this like four weeks ago in the uh, Love God sermon that's on the podcast. Go check it out. And Jesus uses this staggering word. He says, when you pray, use this word, Abba, which means Father. This relationship of intimacy, of deep trust that the disciples would have been pretty shocked at. They didn't realize God could be that intimately involved, right? I want to read Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And much like we did with 1 Thessalonians, I want to highlight a specific part of this verse that I think is really important. Let me thumb over there real quick. So Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, the verse I wanna point out is give us this day our daily bread. I want to dig in here just a little bit. Now, to be clear, there's context here. There was, for his listeners, certainly a need for daily provision on the physical level. Literally give us this day our daily nourishment for our physical bodies. But like Jesus often does, I deeply believe there's far more to it than just physical provision. There is an element of prayer in our relationship with God that I believe we often shortchange. I believe that you were made to receive soul-level daily nourishment from the Holy Spirit in you, and that that comes through daily prayer. Now, it comes through the Word. It comes through, it comes through other things. But prayer is a direct avenue through which we get daily nourishment. And I want you to think about the literal example How do you get daily bread? How do you get daily bread? What do you have to do? You have to make it. That was the answer. You have to make it every day. Did I blow your mind? You get daily bread by making it every day. And I actually think that God longs to connect with your soul every day, and potentially even talk to you, teach you, bless you, hug on you, love on you in new and fresh ways. Just like daily bread would be fresh, I believe God wants to speak to you in fresh ways. I'm meeting with this pastor. His name's Pastor Fadi. He's in his 70s and amazing. I think he's in his 70s. 
I'm guesstimating, but he's an amazing man. He's been doing ministry for, for many decades. And th- something he said to me the last time we hung out, he said, you know you're actively like walking with God when he's teaching you new things. Like that's a good way to know you're engaged with the Lord, that you're really walking with him, that he's often teaching you new things. You know that Jesus would tell his disciples, he'd say, hey, you're blessed for I've revealed the secrets of heaven to you. Like know that there's a blessing. There's things that only heaven knows that I am now revealing to you. I remember when my friend Dave told me, he was praying over me and he said, God, will you give Josh secrets? You tell him things just for him. And I really, that that hit me and I felt like God was like, hey, that's the kind of relationship I want with you. Not everything I tell you, I want you to go preach. I want you to tell someone else. I want you to intellectually accept. There's some things I'm telling you like just to nourish your soul. And I believe that God has things tailor-made for you. There's things that God wants to tell you that he does not want to tell anyone else. I'm serious. Because he knows your life in ways that no one else does. He knows your soul. He knows your thought life. And only he can reach down and, and touch specific places of your soul. And I believe that comes through prayer. My friend Luke Lowe said, praying to and with God is not a gallon of water a week, but a glass of water a day. Like Sunday church is not your primary place of prayer. I just want to say this. If this space is your primary source of life with God, I don't say this in a, like in a harsh way. There is so much more for you. Hey, please hear me. I really need you to hear what I just said. If this is the primary source of where you're getting life with God, one, I'm so glad that you're experiencing the blessing of God here. There's so much more. So much more is awaiting you in your time with the Lord. Scripture says that you are alive in Christ. Ask yourself, am I alive? Am I alive in Christ? Like, am I living in deep awareness that I am alive in Christ? Do you guys know we're not meant to be like Christian robots? Like, oh, good to see you this Sunday. Yeah, just got a Roth IRA. This was from Lulu. Like, yep, college tomorrow. Like, I just feel like we walk around like algorithms, you know? Like, you're alive in Christ. Man, you know how unpredictable Jesus is? Like, go read a gospel. Watch how unpredictable he is. Everything, every time you think he's about to do something, he does something different. Say something, he says something else. You think he's about to, like, come down with, like, fire and brimstone. He tells a parable about the prodigal son. You're like, what is going on? Like, you're alive in Christ. You have no idea. You literally don't even know what God wants to say to you. That dude's unpredictable. He will take you on adventures. We got to take advantage of this. Like, do you know that the Holy Spirit, if you believe in Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to following Christ, he has promised you the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that was in him. Do you know the Holy Spirit's in you? I don't know that we know that. Look around. Does it feel like we know that? Guys, the Holy Spirit is in you. And then we just like wake up to our stupid alarms and they're like, all right, coffee, food. 
job. What is going on? I feel like sometimes we're psychotic. God, if you're holy, you speak. You just, and just existence just happens. You just talk and stuff moves and shakes. Like you set the earth in motion and your spirit is in me. Look around. Do you believe that? Do you really feel like that's true? Guys, the Holy Spirit has so much more for you. We got to get to know our God. We have got to get to know this Holy Spirit in our chest. Jesus said really ridiculous stuff. If you think what you see now is good, wait till I leave. It'll get even better. What? Yeah, right. But I guess you're Jesus. You probably weren't lying. I mean, you know, we believe him or not. Prayer is where we get to know the Holy Spirit. And I'm not promising that tomorrow it's going to be like Shekinah glory angels just like flapping his wings in your closet. But I, I'm just telling you with patience and consistence and the will and the humility, y'all, we got to be more humble. Stop being entitled with God. We're entitled. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Life isn't working out the way I thought it would. Man, just get on your knee, creator of the universe. Is there anything you want to say? Because I humbly surrender to whatever that is. We got to get on our knees over and over again and not holding him to our standard of what we think Christianity looks like and feels like. Let's let God teach us what prayer looks like. Let's, let's just remove any notion that we think prayer is supposed to be. Let's just get rid of that. And let's humbly get on our knees and go, God, for the next infinitely long time, day after day, you can find me right here. Teach me. Lead me. I will not come with my arrogance telling you how you need to work or telling you to fulfill your promises that you never actually gave about my earthly circumstance. No. Creator of the universe, teach me your ways. The God that is writing the infinite story of existence that I'm a very, very, guys, very small part of. We approach the main character that is God going, however I can be in your story, I'm in. Lead me, good shepherd. A shepherd, that's a great metaphor. You know why? Because sheep don't have a clue what is going on. You are a sheep. I am a sheep. Man, how often do you think you know what's going on? You don't. You got such a little tiny sliver of reality. So when we come to prayer, we don't come as knowers. We don't come as finger pointers. Man, God, creator of existence, who somehow has imparted his spirit in my chest, what do you have? I love you, lead me, teach me. And I really think that if we'll embrace prayer, make it a habit, that's actually just a relationship over time, I really believe every one of you, the ones that tend to be more emotional, like moi, and those that tend to be more intellectual, that there is a tailor-made prayer life for you. But it's gonna come through consistency. And I would add humility and surrender, because he's God, and you're human, 
And what kind of human approaches God with a list of rules? That's just super strange, just conceptually. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So as we talk about this series, I want you to know this is not a self-help journey, and this isn't really even a challenge to be more disciplined, although I understand that's a part of it. This is an invitation for you to discover what an intimate prayer life can look like with you and God, you and your heavenly Father. So moving forward, we're going to talk about what prayer is and isn't. We're going to talk about things like adoration, intercession, unanswered prayers, lamenting, processing life. But here's my encouragement. As we embark on this series, please listen. This is not a series you hear, but a series you do. This series will not matter much if it's just a series you hear. It has to be a series you do. So I would encourage you today, consider this. When you get home, wherever you live, create a prayerful environment, wherever that is. A desk, a table, a bath mat, a closet, your bedside, a bench at the bus stop. I don't know. But make it yours. Put a Bible there, a journal, a little plant. Something that says, this place is not just any place. It's special to me. This is the environment. This is the cue that tells my brain, this is special. This is where I talk with God. And here's my challenge for you this week. Pray every single day in that spot. I would encourage in a same spot at the same time. That's just going to do your brain some favors. But that's okay if you can't. I know a lot of your musicians and you got EPs and tour dates and whatever else you guys are doing on the road. But as best as you can, pray every single day. Where do I start? I don't know what to do. One, we're going to get you a lot of resources throughout this series. I can't wait to just talk to you guys about a lot of prayer stuff. It's going to be awesome. But this week, if you don't know where to start, start where we just were. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray that prayer slowly and meditate on it. Ask God to teach you more about what that prayer means. Ask him to be your teacher, your leader. Ask him for mercy and grace. Thank him in faith for his presence on your life in this moment. God, you're here and thank you. And trust that if you choose to be patient and consistent and keep showing up one small step at a time, I believe you're on your way to prayer being the most normal thing about you. So we're gonna go to communion. And step one is I need everyone on the inner chairs, every other row, to grab a little bowl, take a communion cup, pass it to your neighbor, and each bowl is for two rows. So yep, boom and boom, yep, take one, pass it down. And we do communion together sometimes and separate sometimes. Today, I want you to do communion by yourself, because I want you to talk to God. And I've got some questions for you to think about with God. Maybe write some notes down if you need. Try to be practical here. Try to convert hearing into doing. But a few questions. First, I want you to envision this. Where's a potential spot that you can have a prayer closet or space? It could be literally in your bed, wherever you sleep. That's a great spot. Just don't fall asleep, you know, or fall asleep. It's a great way to fall asleep, praying, not bad. What time of day can you routinely pray in that space? Consider making a commitment to starting this prayer habit every day. And I just want to invite you to talk to God about it. God, if this is real, like, man, if prayer is, is really important to you, and this is where I get to hear from you, and you, you talk to me, and, and, and I get to know your heart more, will you, will you help me? I'm going to do my part, though. I'm not, like, offloading responsibility. 
but will you help sustain my prayer life? Speak to me in these spaces, all right? So let's play some house music, you know, make it nice and meditative, and uh, you guys think about this stuff, and I'll come back up in a few minutes, and we'll transition, all right?